11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, his son. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. And listen to this. Of whom it was said, and Isaac, your seed shall be called. Verse 19. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. From which we also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons. <laughs> Listen to this. Each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for the ability to believe, not just to believe to receive the word, but to believe to preach and teach the word. Father, it takes an unusual amount of faith in times like these to preach the word of God. Because the word of God is challenged by other philosophies and other ideologies and other beliefs. But let my faith in what I preach override philosophies that have no attachment of eternal life. So Jesus, thank you for providing eternal life through your word. So that when I'm done here, I'll live even more on the other side. So we thank you and we bless you and we honor you in advance for a word, word well taught and preached and very effective in the lives of the believers. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. <sighs> Say this with me. Father, as we hear this kingdom word today, we combine our faith with this word our ability to believe has increased that which you have promised is released into our lives we will never come up short we have faith in your word no good thing shall be withheld from us amen amen go ahead and take your seats uh, next sunday will be christmas uh, representation of jesus's birthday and I'm going to see how many of y'all have faith that his birthday is being celebrated. Because if you're still under your tree at 9 o'clock next Sunday morning, it, believes, it means you better pray to your tree. If I, was, if I was you in the turbulent times that we're living in on the outside of the kingdom, I'd do everything I could to comply with the kingdom. Because I really don't know what I'm dealing with, you know. Uh, for some of you, you, you got all your confidence in, in people. Uh, have people been tested? I, I, think it was, I think it was my spiritual father. Uh, it may have been John Gray. He said, go out on a date 
and stay long enough for the medication to wear out. Okay. So we'll, we'll be here at 9 o'clock on Christmas Sunday morning. Our events choir will be singing. I've been listening in and they sound really good. So I'm excited about that. I want to thank all the people who came out yesterday and, and your prayers for our family uh, at the loss of Evelyn Johnson, uh, my sister-in-law. Thank you for your prayers. It means so much. Thank you for those who served. Uh, it meant so much. As I walked by and I saw your face, it was very accommodating to myself and I know to my family uh, just to have you here to support us because we support so many during losses and it's good to know that people uh, will support us as well. So that means a lot. We so see, we like to see a harvest and uh, we saw a harvest yesterday. I want to give you a couple of points that I had on Wednesday night and I did not utilize those. I'm going to give those to you and then I'm going to go into about five, four more points that I think are going to be helpful to you. And this is based on the upper part of the scripture in, um, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. So if you want to know more about those points, then you uh, can go up and read the entire chapter. I do encourage you uh, to do that. But one of my points was faith will move you from the familiar even when you're not sure of where you are going. Uh, Abraham was in the familiar, and the Bible said he was not sure of where he was going. Some of y'all miss God because you want too many answers and too much instructions before you move. I don't know everything. I just know what I hear. And at the moment I have enough information, I miss the season. So much, I have tons of faith projects coming up this year. Tons of faith projects. Do I know how they all going to play out? Absolutely not. But did I, do I know that God has called me into them? Absolutely. So you're waiting for further instructions. I'm saying just give me a come and I'm a walk. What do you mean by come? I mean that. Peter was in the boat with the other 11 and he said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come on the waters to you. Jesus said, well, Peter, the waters didn't say the waters a little bit cold. He just said, come. And so Peter began to walk on the water based on the C-O-M-E. If four letters was enough, to get him out of the boat and you got tons of sermons girl how you gonna fail with that much word being spoken over your life so faith will move you from the familiar even when you're not sure of where you're going let me tell you what the challenge is for most people the battle to an innovative leader the battle is the familiar amongst the people. People always want familiar, even if familiar is not successful. Familiar is never successful when it's out of date. 
It is never and never will be. There's an expiration date on every miracle. If you think you're going to go back and get the same miracle the same way, every miracle has an expiration date on it. Nothing that has an expiration date on it should be used. Especially not eaten. So, as we look at these scriptures, and we know people are accustomed to familiar, and, and my challenge is, you see what I'm building, but you want to build what you had. I have to have people with fresh blueprints for what I'm building, because I'm not building what you're accustomed to in the city. Because what we're accustomed to in the city leaves us at the bottom. I'm built for the top. Say that with me. I'm built for the top. You want to know why you're not comfortable at the bottom? Because you're built for the top. You want to know why you're staying up half the night trying to figure something out? Because you're built for the top. It's just so uncomfortable being on the bottom. And the only reason you were sent here because you're built for the top. Because I don't preach to the bottom. People tend to want to know why I don't address certain things because that's at the bottom why should I waste my energy and resources on bottom when I'm called to the top and I start preaching I'm preaching up there and people who want up there will gravitate to that place never spend most of your time preaching the situation if all you talk about is death everybody's gonna die around you let's talk about somebody living No matter how much death goes on, I'm not going to get familiar with death. There's a lot of things going on now. I'm just not, I refuse. I refuse to get familiar with death. I refuse to be in a grieving moment every day of my life. No, no, no. Because I got something to do. I can't do it grieving. I got to come up out of that. You got to come up out of that. He said, I'm seated in heavenly places where Christ Jesus is. I'm going to stay there. Money's funny down low. I like to be where money is not funny up high. Faith will keep you and your family or your children who are heirs until the promise manifests. Faith will keep them in verse 13, it goes into a portion of scripture where they did not receive the promise. But you can't say that about Sarah because Sarah received her child, Isaac. Okay? So the promise is different than the miracle that you received. There's something more. What God was trying to get to them, and he used Abraham as an example in order to get this to you, you're going to have to be willing to take your son and sacrifice him. But I don't want the death of your son. I just need an example in the earth. So he uses Abraham and Isaac as an example of the stage he was set for the, the annihilation of his son. And then he tells Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. If he didn't know his name, he would have been in trouble. He would have slayed his son. 
So Abraham stops. He said, do your son no harm. Don't, don't kill him. Now I know. See, most of you have not gotten to the place to where God can say, now I know that you are not going to withhold your son, your only son, away from me. Now, I know you, you have your gift. Well, my gift, I gave it back to God. During the dedication, everything that pertains to me, I gave it back to God. Now, whatever he wants to do with it, that's up to him. So as long as it's your gift, it's going to stay local. The only problem with your gift is yours. When you give it back to him and do what he says to do with it, then it opens up something in your life that haters can't close down. See, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, and I'm not going to use all my time talking about your haters, but I don't think you realize that you make people upset when you're happy. You, you run around smiling and everything and they're not happy. So since you know they're not happy, you need to make sure that what you have been given is not within reach. So I think like this. I made sure my haters are not on my documents. Not within reach. You can get mad all you want to. As long as you're not legally on my documents, you can't stop me from doing what I do. That helps somebody. Faith will keep you and your children, your heirs, until the promise manifests. Let me help you. You're not leaving this earth. Your children are not leaving this earth because of Jesus Christ until you see manifestation of promise. There was, there was a promise of covenant. There was a promised land. I don't care which one of them you give me, I'm gonna get me one of those. I'm gonna either get a promise of covenant. That means you whip me, you got me. Because I made covenant with a more wealthy and stronger than I am. And when you're in covenant, he's got to share some things with me because we are in covenant. So whatever he promised, he's got to share with me. Look at your neighbor, tell him God is sharing, God is sharing. So if God has land, he's got to share some land with me. If God has wealth, he's got to share some wealth with me. If God's got glory, as long as I stay behind him, I'm going to be all right. As long as I don't try to take his glory, just stand behind it. You see me, you don't see him, but it's his glory that overshadows me. I just know how to position myself. I, I watch the news and it seems like there's a homicide every day. Every day. And that's somebody's child. 
If there's a homicide, I don't just think, I don't just, oh man, there's another homicide. I think about the entire family. I said, there's another family that's been traumatized. And then whoever was the, was the shooter or, or whatever, their family is traumatized. So you got all this trauma going around because all these crimes are taking place. And I just made up my mind. I need to be where? I need to keep me. I need to keep my wife. I need to keep my daughters where God has to manifest in our lives. You understand what I'm saying? There ain't no way you're going to tell me to stop going to church and worshiping. And I see all this stuff going on around me. You have access to it too. All you got to do, and you know, those of you on Facebook, look. Some of the first things you see every day is a homicide. And you think I'm not going to come worship? You think I'm going to worship with an attitude? You think I'm going to come in here bickering about stuff? And I just saw what's going on right around me? And you think I'm not going to trust God, get a word of God in the inside of me so it can help my family? So it's to me, it's just self-explanatory. You say they need to quit. They hadn't quit yet. And seem like it gets closer and closer to home. So I need to do something different. Because if I've already lost one or maybe two. Then there's something that has to change. And I need to make sure that what I have now is covered even if it's crazy. So you're not going to get me to stop believing the book because the book is the answer. Incarceration is not the answer. The Bible is the answer. It's always been the answer. But people who are teaching it don't believe it anymore. And people who come to church don't believe the Bible anymore. But the Bible, the word of God is the answer. Faith will give you the strength to produce when it seems too late. Faith will give you <laughs> the strength to produce when it seems too late. Hey, Sarah, how old are you? Too old. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure Sarah spoke. She was, you know, I, I almost said a big mouth, but she was well spoken. So, and you are too. So I'm too old, you're too old. So it seems as if it's too late. You have a gospel that's too late. I have a gospel that God can show up anytime. Based on my faith, what you said was too late was not too late with God. In fact, God said, I'm going to wait another year. You want it now. I'm going to wait another year. I promised you this 25 years ago. That's the problem with most of the church. It's that they stop believing because there has been a time frame. Just because time passed doesn't mean that God is void. And doesn't mean the word is void. And there is scripture that says God sent his word and it shall not return to him void. You have promises of men. I have a promise from God. 
So men's promises are empty, but God's promise is never empty. How many of y'all believe that you are still qualified, no, like, no matter how long it's been, for God to manifest in the greatest of ways in your life? That's why you need to overdose on words of faith. Because some of y'all borderline, I'm about to give up. It's too late now. Ain't no way it could happen. Where there's a will, there's a way is what I heard. If you keep giving a will, you will always manifest a way. It's too bad. There's no hope. The professionals told me there's no reason to even believe anymore. I believe in listening to the professionals until the word proves them wrong. I, I know things are going to happen. Death is going to happen. That's our way out of here. But I'm not going until the word says it's time. Okay, let's, let's just stay with so faith will give you the strength to produce when it seems too late. How many of y'all, you feel like you got a too late situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a few hands. Well, let me, let, me, let me be your prophet for a minute. It's not too late. Let me, let me tell you, let me tell you what God sent you in here to hear what I'm saying. It's because many of you came to this church with a too late situation. And God need, knew you needed to hear from somebody like me that no matter how dark it is, I'm going to have a next day. Something's going to shift. Something's going to change. They, they tend to put me in a category of a, uh, what, you, what, what make you call that? A, um, an encourager a life coach, a motivational speaker. I'm just a believer. And all those people you call coaches, they just believe in the worst day, a better day is coming. Now what you need, let's just flip this. Let me be your life coach just for a moment. Since you don't believe in preachers no more. You understand since you don't believe in preachers anymore and you believe in coaches right now let me be your coach for just a minute let me motivate you just for a minute let me be your motivational speaker because you're too low for where you got to go you can't be thinking that low and have that much potential on the inside of you let, let me talk to you let me talk to the part of you, that low percentage of you that has not given up. Because if you had completely given up, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. I, I want to I speak to that 1% of you that's still hanging on. I want to speak to that 1% of you that says I still have a, I have a little bit of hope. I don't have a whole lot of hope, but I have a little bit of hope. And if you can speak to that little bit of hope, I believe that little bit of hope can grow if you speak to that little bit of hope. So I didn't come to speak to everything you've already heard. 
I came to stimulate that 1% down on the inside of you that says, come hell or high water, I'm holding on by a thread. But I know just at the end of my rope, something can happen. And I believe today, if you're under the sound of my voice, those of you who are hanging on by a thread that have 1% of belief left. I want to talk to that 1% of belief and see if we can uh, energize you or restore you or, or wake you up with that 1%. Look at your neighbor, touch him on the shoulder and say, you got to give us something to work with. You got to give us something to work with. You got to give us something to work with. You can't come in just slumped over on the pew. You got to give us something to work with. You can't sit there with a bowl of cereal while I'm feeding you. You got to give us something to work with. You can't sit at home when you're able to come to church. You got to give us something to work with. See, if you come, I know COVID, yeah, COVID this, COVID that. But what you're saying to God, I have enough faith to come worship so I can receive a miracle at home. So I'm going to leave my home that's struggling for a miracle. I'm going to come to the church where miracles are in the atmosphere. I'm going to open up my spirit. I'm going to receive in the atmosphere and get my miracle at home. Touch your neighbor on the other side. Tell him, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. I know it's been rough. I know it's been tough. Know you've been through some stuff. Know you got a lot of negative reports. Every time you turn around, negative on the right side, negative on the left side, negative above me, negative beneath me. But one thing about it, I'm going to reserve this little spot on the inside of me that won't give up no matter what's going on. Devil, yes, you've been fighting. Devil, yes, you hit me hard. Yeah, but I still, with this 1%, I still believe. trying to teach you as much as I've been trying to impart to you. Because see, if you don't catch the impartation, you'll be afraid of what you should be ruling over. That's why I had to get the book out. Mastering your fears. Kings take serpents by the tail. It's the very thing that you've been afraid of that you finna whip the devil with. That very thing that you were afraid to grab a hold of, once you grab a hold of it, it becomes a weapon. You got a weapon in your hand. I said, you got a weapon in your hand. I said, you got a weapon in your hand. And others may try to do what you do, but you have enough in your hand to eat up and devour everything wickedness has. So when the witches show up, throw out what's in your hand. Go ahead and order the book. It's going to change your life. When God asks for something he has given you, it's because he is going to multiply it. Some of y'all struggle with the tithe. Well, he gave it to, he gave you the hundred. 
And when you struggle with the tithe, what you're saying to God is, I don't trust you. And you're saying, I don't believe you gave this to me. It was my good work habits that gave me this. So God says, if you just give me the 10, I'm going to bless the 90 if you believe it. So I'm only asking for 10. I'm only asking for the dime out of the dollar. Because I want to multiply the rest. God is always thinking increase when he, he requires some of you. When he asked for Isaac, he was thinking increase. See, if I don't put some type of demand on you, then you won't multiply. Ah, I had three people. If, if I don't put, a, if, if you try to handcuff me, well, I can't put a demand on you, then you lock up your own multiplication. There has to be some type of demand put on the faith on the inside of the people in order for them to multiply. So God asked for Isaac. He is not going to ask for something you don't like. He's not going to ask for something you haven't been believing for for a long time. But in order for God to multiply, he's got to ask you for it. I remember standing here because I knew that God was requiring something of me. And I, I understood the principle of multiplication. And I stood here right in this spot. And sign the refiner's house over to my pastor, and it became new birth. In order to receive multiplication, I had to take what I love. You just don't know how love how much I love my church. You don't know how much I love my congregation. You don't know how much I get excited every time I pull up. I used to just on the weekend, Lady David said, where you going? I'm going to the church. I just love my church. You don't understand. You don't understand. I love my congregation. It's hard for me to deal with it when my congregation is suffering. It's hard. And so what I had to do, but what I love, I signed it over. Because I understood if I, if I sign it over, then it was going to get stronger it was going to be able to survive a pandemic that wasn't even on the radar back when I signed those papers it was going to be able to survive any type of catastrophic event or attack a storm it was going to be able to survive that and so so I was thinking okay since I gave one campus away I think we're about at seven now I think we're about at seven now there's about 27 on the radar. But, but it took faith to sign off and put the refiner's house in a position of multiplication. What you have has the potential to multiply if you're willing to put it on the altar. So, so, so you take a troubled young man 
not a perfect young man. And you, you, you just, you just, come here, come here. You, you take him. Not that things are perfect. Not that things are okay. And you, you bring him. And on his own free will, Isaac came. And you just kneel down. And we go. And you just lay him down. Come on, we laying you all the way down. You, you, you lay him all the way down. Because he's his own man. He's his own man. But, but he's got some stuff multiplication needs to do in his life. So you take Bo and you lay him down before God and then watch God turn him into another man. Because whatever you lay down on the altar, whatever you give to God, God wants your best. God doesn't want what you don't care about. So you lay him down and his family wants him. He even wants himself. His wife wants him. But what God wants, he wants to change him. And God can't change him until you put him on the altar. Until you let God have him. Until you sign him over to God. And the thing with the church. They want all the people for themselves so they never lay the people at the altar because if they lay them at the altar the people will multiply and increase and become better but as long as they stay in the hands of the pastor they're always going to be a problem for the pastor they're always going to talk about the pastor but when you start laying them down God will come in somebody needs to shout right there In the hands of God, demons can't get to you. In the hands of God, addictions can't have you. In the hands of God, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. out of a thing until you have enough faith to lay that thing down at the altar I said God I'm not going to just lay the church down I'm going to lay Sasha down at the altar and whatever devil that wants to come against her life the devil can't do anything because she's on the altar I dare you to learn how to put what you love on the altar I will never cheat refresh out of your potential because if I don't put you in the right place I will stunt your growth and doom you to be a dwarf but I came to tell you because I got enough faith 
you're not just going to touch this city, you're going to touch this world. You're going to touch this world. You want to know why I was willing to lay you down. I loved you, but I was willing to lay you down so that God can get his best out of you. Just a little bit more. Let me say this, man, I'm not trying to get control of you. I just want to get you on the altar. You're dealing with generational curses. You're dealing with things from your father, your grandfather, and great-grandfather. And the only way we're going to be able to whip that demon, that devil that's been traveling through the bloodline, is we got to get you on the altar where the promise overrides the curse in your life. Overrides the things that the devil's been trying to do and snatch you out of the will of God. But I came to tell you, if I can get a man to let me put him on the altar, he won't be worried all night and all day, wondering how ends are going to meet, wondering how he's going to get a breakthrough and take over his family. If I have enough faith that trust God I'm not trying to draw you to me but let me just have you long enough to lay you on the altar because if I can lay you on the altar you're going to get up different this is not about taking your life this is about giving you life I'm about done I'm about done I realized with a big church, I couldn't help the people. And I was getting more and more people that I couldn't help. But I said, God, if you give me an altar, I will put them on the altar. And the problem has been too many people are trying to take people who need to be on the altar off the altar. And I said, leave them alone. They need the altar because what God wants to do in their lives is bigger than anything they've ever done in their lives. So, so while many are bringing their large, extravagant, anointed gifts, another point is faith will cause the little that you have to increase some of you think in order to increase you need a lot no if you got a little God will multiply a little you got to know what to do with a little strength you got to know what to do with a little clarity you got to know what what to do with a small opportunity because if you got a little God knows how to increase it into a lot. And what you don't understand, God took little old me. And if God can take little old me, every time I step on this platform, I'm an example of what God can do with a little. I gave him a a little bit of hope. I gave him a, a little bit of faith. Everything I had was little. But when God took a hold of me, and when you're on the altar, God will take a hold of you and God will make a little to increase to be in a whole lot. Let's stay right here. Let's stay right here. Let's stay right here. I have a body 
Abraham is old. Sarah, I have a body and it's old. Whenever a promise meets an old body, an old body begins to produce. Whenever the promise comes on a disability, it gives it extraordinary ability. See, you, you don't understand my faith. I was a little bit. I was a real little bit. They believed in me before I believed in me. But I laid on the altar until I started believing in what God was saying about me. God's voice is going to ring louder in your soul than the negativity that's surrounding you. On this day, the volume goes down on the negativity. The blessing is spoken and received by faith. Little old me received a huge blessing. I believe more in what my pastor said over me than what I thought about myself. When you're hunted or haunted by your past and you're haunted by the things in your mind, you need somebody to say some things that you can't believe with your head, but you know it's right in your heart. He told me, he said, you're bigger than Birmingham Davis. He says, I have more in you than just ministering in Birmingham. I had a struggle with it because I thought small. Kept rehearsing it and rehearsing it. And still, I rehearse it. Now, don't you, let me, let me counsel something. Those of you who are allowing the enemy to whisper to you and say, I'm leaving you. Now I'm about to take you where you could never have gone on your own and without being on the same team that I'm on. That's what's about to happen. There's about to be some things brought into your life and opportunities given to you unless I gone higher I never could have presented a table where you didn't get a chance to eat like a king and a priest so this 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 blessing that is spoken it was spoken by Jacob when it was spoken by Jacob it was spoken over Joseph's sons where did Jacob learn that from he learned it from Isaac Isaac spoke a blessing over Jacob and Esau. Well, where did Isaac learn it from? Abraham spoke a blessing over Isaac. So there was empowerment through the word to call simple people to do great things. If you think you're simple, your thoughts are wrong. There's no way you can be a part of something like this and be considered simple. You're not going to get up on yourself, but you are the one. I'll say it again. You are the one. If you've been wondering, I'm going to seal the deal. 
the blessing is upon you and you are the one lift up your voice like a blessed person me around how blessed I am. You can always tell when you're blessed, God is going to navigate you into rooms, into spaces that speak to your potential, that speaks to your future. Get away from around people who only know your past. Get with some people who see where you're going. Don't stay with people who have a brain sitting in the hangar get around some people who are on the runway and lifting off get around somebody that says there's a better you on the inside of you get around somebody that says you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you the strength and the ability get around somebody that will override your fears and stir up your faith I gotta close Everything you see was faith in action. Everything you will see is faith in action. I believe so much I sat in rooms that made me feel inadequate. I believe so much. I didn't understand the language. I said I learned the language if I sit in the room long enough. I can recall a movie that I would watch. It's a really old movie. Well, the young guy, he sat there and they were speaking in another language. He sat around the fire with them night after night after night. And all of a sudden, they spoke in the other language and he interpreted it and it scared them. Faith real faith will put you in rooms where they're speaking Spanish but you stay in that room you may have come out of the projects you don't understand business language stay in the room until you learn the language of entrepreneurs and businessmen and executive leaders successful people you can learn the language if God gave you the room, he gave you the room because he wants to do something in your life that has not been done with your bloodline. So sit there quietly. I promise you at a certain point, you're going to articulate back to them what they have been articulated to you. Stay in the room. they're talking about I don't have any idea what they're talking about but every time they called a meeting I came and sat in the room I never said anything I stayed silent but this flash Thursday I started talking 
And when I started talking, my bishop sat up on the end of the seat because he he's been waiting for almost three years for me to say something. Well, Thursday night, I said something. And when I said something, I could see the smile stretch across his face because I sound like I belong in the room because I learned the language while I was sitting in the room. Bradford. I came from a single parent household. I came from not being able to pay the bills. I came from not having school clothes for the beginning of the new school season. I came from having a mother who was disappointed but didn't show it to us. But I came out of that. But how you like me now? It's because I said I am not going to let my future intimidate me so bad that I don't show up. And you got to make up your mind because you have faith. Don't let your future feel so intimidating that you don't show up for your own future. Let's give God a praise right there. Tell somebody, I'm going to show up. I'm going to keep showing up. Tell them, I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep showing up. And if I keep showing up, God's going to show out. Find you somebody to you until they believe what you're saying. That's your problem. You're talking to people who don't believe what you're saying. Find you somebody that believes what you're saying. That's not jealous about your future. Sit 
neighbor, slap your neighbor, high five, tell them it's on now, it's on now. Times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh. Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Fresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time. <laughs>